0: Okay, we're going to go ahead and jump into our, our One Another series. We're in week three of our four-week series and um, really been enjoying sharing these concepts with you and really looking at these this idea of, of one another, of a laylon, and, and, and I've, I hope that um, it's been important to you. I hope that you felt like the Lord has been speaking to you through this. But this morning what I'd like to talk about is something that I, I kind of would like to focus in on, and, and this is a broad topic but it can be kind of a misunderstood topic slightly and it can be a topic that if we can grasp... I think it's really going to be one of those important things in our homes and in our families, in our communities, in our church, and it's important that we really grab a hold of this, understand what the Bible really teaches us on this topic, and allow it to really change how we handle situations and circumstances with people and all those sort of things. So it fits really well in this concept of one another, of what God wants us to be and do. And so we're going to pray and then we're going to jump into the message. Father, we love you and we thank you thank you. We ask that you would just be with us this morning in a way that that just, that just you would just speak to us, God, that my words would cease, that yours would begin, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to really just illuminate areas in our lives. God, maybe areas that we're doing well, that we can do better, and areas that maybe we're not doing so well, that you desire to help us to be more like you. Really, Father, all that we're talking about this morning is is a desire of our hearts, because really, this is you. This is what you do. And and, and of course, you do it so perfectly. And we want to do it more like you. So help us, Father. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I have kind of noticed as as the season has kind of now finally gotten over with football, we've enjoyed all the the football and all the stuff, everybody watched the Super Bowl, I'm sure, and had a great time. And one of the things that that happens right before the Super Bowl that I kind of watched very, very sparingly, and also we're kind of getting into this, I think, other uh, season as well, is is they have this thing, and it comes on in the commercials, and it says the NFL honors. Have you seen that? And it's basically an opportunity for all the football players to come together with a whole bunch of celebrities and tell them how wonderful they are, okay? You know, I, know that I don't know much about, like, the Oscars or the Grammys. I've never watched those sort of things. But basically, what I've kind of figured out what those things are is basically people get together and they tell each other how wonderful they are in a particular movie or a particular thing of that nature. And basically, all of these things are about taking an opportunity to stop and to bring honor or to bring value to people. Now, the thing that's interesting about this, now again, I've never necessarily sat down and watched all the Oscars or watched all the Grammys or watched all the ESPYs or watched whatever silly, you know, award that they hand out, the NFL honors, I've never actually watched all the way through. So I could be wrong on this, but I got a feeling I'm not, okay? Here's what I think happens at the NFL honors, or at least I don't believe this happens at the NFL honors. We'll use that as an example, because I probably know football a little bit better than Grammys and Oscars and, and whatever, okay? I have, don't believe they have a reward for the guy who's on the special teams who doesn't play much. I don't believe they come out and say right after the MVP and and the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie all, all those things that they say now we want to give this to the guy who barely played. We want to give an award to the guy who just happened to be lucky enough to be skilled enough to play for the team this year. He's probably not good enough to play for the team last year. You see... When we look at honors and we look at awards and all these sort of things, in the world's mind, these things are based strictly almost always on achievement, but more than that, ability. If you're good enough, then I will honor you. If you do something well enough, then I will come and I will say how wonderful you are. That is the world's view of value and honor, and unfortunately... I believe what we have seen over the centuries and I literally get to give it that long we have seen that type of attitude begin to permeate into the church we have seen that type of you know, if, if depending on what you do depending on how well you do it then we will look at you as important value you honor you or whatever it might be And I think, unfortunately, we have allowed the wrong concept of honor and value in our lives to take over what the biblical concept of honor really is. And when we talk about the concept of one another, we need to talk about what the biblical concept of honor really is. So this morning, we're going to look at that together. We're going to see what God's word has to say because I believe it'll change how we understand how we value God and especially how we value one another. So we're going to look at this biblical concept of honor. Now, you say, Aaron, is it really that important? Is it really something that matters that much? Well, here's the thing. The Bible talks about the concept and principle of honor over 300 times. Now, I remember hearing things like this. When you see things in Scripture where it's maybe one time, of course, one time is more than enough, but two times or three times. Boy, you better pay attention. The Bible talks about this idea and this concept over 300 times. Now, so because we want to have lunch today and not just dinner, we're not going to go through all 300, but we are going to look at some of these concepts because I think it's important that we understand it. So we're going to look in Romans 12. Now, Romans 12 is kind of an interesting um, um, chapter. Of course, Romans is an interesting book. Romans was obviously written by Paul. Paul was on his third missionary journey, they believe, when he wrote the book of Romans, obviously, to the church in Rome. And he wrote it when he was in Corinth. Corinth is, of course, the church area where the church was there that we get Corinthians. And so Paul is, is there. He's on his third missionary journey, and he's writing these things. And Romans is such an amazing book. Listen, if you haven't read through Romans, do yourself a favor and go through it. So, John, or excuse me, so Paul gets to Romans 12, and he begins to talk about this idea of, of God transferring your mind and working through you and all these things. Well, when you get to basically Romans 12, 9... Paul begins to kind of give us like these real quick bullet points. These like, this is what your life needs to look like. This is how God wants you to be and live. And it's just kind of bam, 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 bam. And we can go through them quickly, but we need to kind of slow down because each of them has such an amazing amount of theological understanding in them. So we're going to look starting at Romans 12. We're going to start where, where he kind of Paul kind of moves into those bullet points in verse number 9 in verse, through verse number 11. And this is what it says. He says, love must be sincere. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Now, here's the thing about these. You know, we're not going to go through all of them. But man, if, you could, if we could just do these every day. I mean, how amazing would our walk with God be? How amazing would our one another's relationships be? But, but let's continue. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. In the ESV, it says, it says literally to try to outdo one another in this concept of honor. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving God. The lord so so let's look at really this concept of honor let's define it because we we don't always understand because i'm going to be using several different words throughout the message this morning that kind of kind of bring forth the idea of honor but this is in your notes i want to give kind of a simple easy honor definition it's basically to give weight to to esteem or to value okay Honor is not always a word you hear about in our culture today, but I know one word that I kind of hear a lot about or one of the things that we understand is this idea of value. How do we value people? How do we value our spouse or our kids or our our, our church? Or how do we value God? How do we value our employer or our employees? Whatever it might be, we need to understand how to do this correctly because here's the thing, and this is kind of what we talked about earlier. It's sometimes easy to honor people's accomplishments and forget to honor the and value the worth that is inside us because we are made in God's image. You see biblical honor is understanding that you are valuable, you are I honor you not because of necessarily what you do. Now does that mean that we shouldn't honor things? If people do a good job, should we honor them? Of course we should. Of course we should. The Bible teaches us to do that. But we don't honor simply just because of what people do. And let's take it one step further, let's be honest, what they do for me. The idea of biblical honor is to say, I honor you simply because you are valuable to God. God made you in his image. And because God honors you, because he sees something amazing in you, I honor you. Yeah, you may do great things, and that's great, and that's awesome. But listen, there is something so much deeper about loving, valuing, and honoring people because of, listen, because there's nothing that they've really done. Just because they're who God has created them to be. That type of biblical honor, hear me here, listen, that is going to change things. Why? Because the world, quite honestly, is fairly good at honoring accomplishment. We're not so good at honoring people because we look at them and we see God in them. Because, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, because they are God's sons or daughters. That type of honor can change things. That type of honor is rare. That type of biblical understanding of value is rare in our world today. So as we kind of continue to unpack this, I want to look at just maybe four ideas that biblical honor is. Now, some of these are kind of be applicational kind of things, things that maybe we can do, but all of them are things that we need to truly understand when we look at what biblical honor really is, okay? So let's start here, and this is important. Biblical honor is a demonstration of love. It's a demonstration of love. A lot of times we, t- we love to talk about love, don't we? We talk about I love you and this and that. Biblical honor, valuing someone is basically a demonstration of that love. It's basically saying I want to show you how much I love you. It doesn't matter if you always do the right thing. It doesn't matter if you do it perfectly. I value, I honor you as an expression of how much I love you. Look, it's in your notes. When we biblically honor someone else, we assign them value regardless of what they can do for you. Can I ask you a real simple question? Who is the last person you ascribe value to? Okay? And we're very used to this. Whether we shop online or go to Target or Walmart or wherever we go or the grocery store, we have seen things in our world recently kind of go up in value, haven't we? We're used to things being ascribed a value. That that gallon of milk used to cost $2.75. Now it costs $3.11. We have seen the value increase, haven't we? Now, sometimes we look at things like that and we go, wait a minute, I'm getting the same gallon of milk. Why has the value gone up? And we can say lots of reasons why. Maybe that's happened recently. But when we love someone, when we assign value to them, we're basically saying, listen, I want to show you that I love you and I'm going to assign a value to you. It's a demonstration of that. God does that a lot. We're going to get to that in a minute, but, but just hear me. It's a demonstration of love. You want to say, how do I love better? How do I love like Jesus loved? It's one way to do that is you basically assign more value to people. But not only do we need to look at what it is, I don't know about you, I, I, this is important to me, I want to look at what the opposite of it is so that I, I can stay away from the opposite and move towards what God really wants. And here's the thing, biblical honor is the opposite of shame. Okay. If you work in shame, or if people are using shame, or we're going to look at dishonor in a second, which is kind of basically the same thing, we are seeing the opposite of how God wants us to act and respond to each other. Listen, what does it mean to dishonor somebody? I I use the word dishonor because it's easy, honor, dishonor. Basically, it's to treat as common or ordinary or to shame. You know what I've learned over over my life? And this is a sad, sad truth. You know who we hurt usually the most? It's, it's, It's not the stranger. It's not maybe even the person at work or school that drives us crazy. It's the people that are closest to us, isn't it? We, we tend to do that, we, we, and maybe, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's because we're around them more. I, I, I get that, I understand that, but I think there's something here in the definition of honor and the definition of dishonor that can help us understand and adjust that in our lives, because here's what I've learned. You know what's interesting, and, and this is kind of a sad thing to say, but it's just the truth. We all kind of go through this. When it comes to people that are closest to us, they tend to get very common, don't they? We see them every day. We used to look at that as a positive. Now sometimes we're kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And that's not good all the way, but you get what I'm saying. We, we, we tend to look at them as common, as ordinary, and when we begin to look at people as common or ordinary, it's exactly the opposite as how God sees them. And we begin to dishonor them. We begin to shame them and listen shame is such hear me here it is such a powerful tool of the enemy the enemy loves shame if the enemy loves anything. he loves shame because shame can do so many things shame does basically work against so many things that God wants to do in your life and in mine And shame just comes in such sneaky ways and just kind of gets into everything and just causes all these issues in our lives. And we begin to, in those moments, instead of entering into relationships, into entering into that concept of one another, we begin to pull back. We begin to say no. And the enemy doesn't just use it in our relationships with each other. He loves to use it in our relationship with God. He loves to see and go, listen, man, God doesn't love you. Look what you've done. Look what you've said. You know, one of the things that we need to remember, and I try to remind myself and others of it often, is another scripture in Romans where Paul says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ. What is shame? Shame is condemnation. It's basically saying, look what you've done. You're too bad. You're not lovable. You're not, there's no value in you. And in that moment, we begin to dishonor ourselves. Yes, I know we're talking about one another. But listen, when we begin to allow shame to come, whether that shame is spoken over us by another or whether that shame is spoken over us by ourselves, it begins to change so many things. Listen, I put this in your notes because I just so desperately want us to get this. Uh, Shame says this. This is what shame says. Shame says, if you really knew who I was or what I've done, then you would never love or value me. Never love or value me. But biblical honor says regardless, regardless of that, there is value in you because you are a son or a daughter of God. Some of you, listen, hear me. If you don't get anything this morning, you need to get that. You have walked in shame for way too long. You have allowed the shame that has been spoken over you by people or or leadership or parents or bosses. It doesn't matter who children. Sometimes children can, can speak shame over their parents. Parents can speak it over their kids. And you have walked around and you've said, there is no value in me. There is nothing about me. Listen, that is the opposite of what God wants to do in you and through you. That is the opposite of how God sees you. That is living in a world where basically it says this, I am only valuable, I am only worthy of honor if I do it perfectly. Biblical honor, the way that, as you'll look in a second, the way that God honors us is a complete opposite of that. He honors us regardless of those things. You say, no, no." does that mean that God excuses our sin? Absolutely not. But Scripture teaches us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We'll see why that matters in just a moment. It's the opposite of honor. Number three, it's closely connected to our words. This is pretty simple, it's pretty basic, but it's so important. It's closely connected to our words. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Listen, I know we got, you know, old, uh, old way of doing it with the Bible and the highlighter. We got our phones and we can highlight stuff. Listen, whether, I don't care how you do it, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to highlight the words any and I want you to highlight the words there. Why? Because the scripture says any unwholesome talk not some unwholesome talk but any and that when we can go and honor others when we go to to encourage honors uh, others it's about them not about you how many times do we honor we say something nice why because we want them to say something nice to us biblical honor is basically listen it doesn't matter if you never speak to me again I honor you because you're valuable to me. You're valuable to God. But it comes closely connected with our words. We have to watch what we say. There's power in our words. Number four, and there's more, but I just, 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 just four. Re- it's realized, biblical honor is realized through action. It's realized through action. Yeah, talk is important, but sometimes we gotta act out some stuff, you know? I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, yeah, stop, you're acting out. You know, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to. In this way, let's act out in a good way, honor. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, uh, through verse number 20, this is what it says. It says, you do not belong to yourself. This is important. We're going to kind of expound on this in just a minute. You, are, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you, with a high price. Now let me stop there for a second. That concept of high price in the original Greek, and I'm not going to get into it because it's going to take too long, but it's that concept of value and honor. It's the same basic word. It's the same concept. Okay? So by a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Okay? Now what, what are we seeing here? What, what did God do? God purchased us with a high price now what did God purchase us with now we all hopefully know this but his own begotten son we love John three sixteen. why because it explains to us the story of Jesus' coming and the purchase price for you and for me that shows value. Listen, it's in your notes. The greatest example of someone honoring someone else was God the Father being willing to bestow honor and show value to us, you and me, by making the investment of His Son into the world. While you and I were still sinners, while we were still far away, God said, no, no, no. There is too much value in you and in me. God didn't just say it. He sent his son. There was action behind it. There was God the Father saying, listen, you matter so much to me. I, even though the price is high, I'm willing to pay the price. You know what drives me crazy as somebody that goes out sometimes and shops, and I do that every once in a while, is when I see something that has a price tag that in my mind is not worth it. I don't have any problem paying for something as long as I feel like, hey, that is a fair price. Can I just be clear with you? And I'll just speak for me. I won't speak for you. I'll just speak for me. When I look at my life and my actions, the way I have responded to God, the way I have sinned, the way I have rebelled, the way I have done things, listen, God paid a very high price and I don't know if I'm worth it. At times. But here's what I've learned. You know what somebody's worth? You know what something is worth? What someone's willing to pay. God valued you so much that he gave his only son. Now, here's the thing. If my father, if God the Father would value you like that, and I have the arrogance to not do the same, can I gotta be honest? That's something wrong with me. That's something God needs to change in me. But it is realized. Through action, It is realized through that concept of understanding what God was willing to pay for you and for me. Quickly, I want to look at a scripture that, that really, I don't think most of us know, has a little bit of honor in it. It's a story that I think is important that we catch because I think there's some, some deep theological truth and biblical truth in it. And it's, it's found, in, and we're going to look at it together, it's, I call it just Hannah's story. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Easton and I we we look at the scriptures together every night. We've been in First Samuel, okay? Sometimes um, it's kind of interesting. We write our our I write the um um, the emails and I send them out. I feel like I've been in 1 Samuel a lot because Ethan and I are reading it. So just so you know, you kind of figure out where we are in 1 Samuel by the emails. But but Hannah is an interesting story. And in 1 Samuel 1, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you. I invite you to go read it. We'll look at a real specific portion of scripture in a second. But but just to kind of make it quick, Hannah is, is obviously a lady and, 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 and the Bible tells us that, that she's barren. She can't have children. And at that time in, in history, I mean, you want to talk about shame you want to talk about dishonor Uh, that was when as a woman you couldn't have children you couldn't carry on the, the 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 line as it were and so she is just devastated she is hurting. She is broken. And, and every year her family goes and they worship the Lord in Shiloh, in this, this place, and there's a priest there, and she is just broken. I mean, she is just crying and hurting, and she doesn't understand. All these things are going on in Hannah's life. Other people are making fun of her and dishonoring her. All these And in a lot of ways, Hannah has every excuse to look at others and dishonor them. She has every reason in our world today to say, you know what, I don't have to listen to you and I don't have to honor you. and I, don't have to... I mean, She has every reason in a lot of ways that we justify for acting the way we do. But Hannah does something a little bit different and I don't know if you've ever caught it we're going to look at it together because I think it is important that we catch this when we understand this idea of biblical honor. So that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of the context. Hannah is with her family, worshiping the Lord at this time in scripture. And, and so let's kind of bring it where we're, we're kind of come to where it is. In 1 Samuel 1, we're going to look for verse number 10, okay, and look at it. So in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. So she's hurting, she's upset, she doesn't understand why she can't have kids and all this sort of stuff. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head let's continue as she kept on praying to the lord eli eli was the priest eli observed her mouth hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving but her voice was not heard and eli thinks thinks she's drunk so kind of, kind of picture this, okay? She's, her mouth is kind of moving and Eli kind of looks over at this person. She's praying in her heart. She's, she's crying. She's weeping. She's pouring her heart out to the Lord. Eli sees this and thinks she's intoxicated. And he says to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. He, he really confronts her with this. He, he basically calls her out. He doesn't understand what's going on. Basically calls her a drunk. Now, Let's continue on. Look at verse number 15. Let's see if you can catch it. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. Woman, I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. We'll go ahead and finish verse 17. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. To kind of give you an idea... Hannah goes home, okay? And guess what? God opens her womb. And she has a son. That son is Samuel, okay? Who we really hear more about, obviously, in, in 1 Samuel. And so and 2 Samuel. So, so in this, did you catch it? Did you see it? Because here's, here's the thing. Let's, can we, can we just. Let's put ourselves in Hannah's position. We're hurting. We're upset. We're kind of mad at God. We're mad at others. People have hurt us. And now all of a sudden, this stranger walks up to us and accuses us of being drunk. Now, I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't have handled that real well. I've probably been like, who do you think you are? How dare you? I'm pouring my heart out to God here. I'm hurting, and you've messed it up. And guess what? She doesn't. She says, not so, my Lord. Now, Lord here is little L, not big L. But what did she just do? She just honored Eli. She could have said, you know what? How dare you? How many times have we heard that in our world recently? How dare you? Think that of me. How dare you ask me to do this or that? How dare? She doesn't. She honors him by her words. She says, no, Lord. And she explains. Isn't it interesting that after all this time of Hannah hurting and being upset, she had every reason, quote, unquote, in our mind's eye, in the world's understanding to lash out and to dishonor him. He honors him. And here's the thing, we need to get this, and I want you to get this. Honor opens up things in our lives that may have been barren for years. Honor can open it up. Honor can at times be the key that we need to turn that lock a lot of times it can be honoring God the Father. It can be honoring our spouse again. I mean, there's so many times where you see uh, relationships that are broken and destroyed. Destructed, or not destructed, but just destroyed. And it's in a lot of ways, it's barren. There's no life there. I have seen it over and over and over again. When honor is reintroduced in there, things begin to change. Dead things that begin to come alive again. Why? And this is in your notes as well. I think this is true. When we honor others, it draws God's attention and attracts His favor into our lives. Why? Because honor is such a biblical concept. It's something that is, we act like that. We act like Jesus. And in those moments, God begins to act. I want to question listen, do you think that maybe there might be some things in your life that God wants to open up, and all he is waiting for you to do is to bring forth some honor into the situation? I think it's a good question to ask. I think it's an important question to ask. Hannah understood that. Hannah was blessed because instead of lashing out, instead of treating Eli like she had been treated so many times before, she responds with honor to him. To close this morning, I want to we kind of talked about this in the first week, but I want to talk about the results of honoring one another. You know, we talked about it back in week one, you know, the results are clear. Guess what? When we honor, the results are clear, and scripture tells us. Now, listen, I'm going to throw up there on the screen, or Monica actually has got to throw up on the screen, some promises and some positions that go along with it. Now, listen, in scripture, there's more than these, Okay. But these are just a couple that I thought we could look at together. These are the results. So on, on, up on the screen, you have this idea of when we honor the person or maybe even the position and then the promise in God's word attached with it. Now, hear me here. These promises are yes and amen. They're just as good as the fact that God sent his only son. We need to understand that. These are what's attached to these ideas. These are the results. So the first one, when we honor others, 1 Corinthians tells us that we can get mutual honor. Mutual honor. Next, parents. Parents. When we honor our parents, what's the promise attached with that? Long life. Long life is attached to that honoring our parents. When we honor those in authority, once again we see the idea of honor in return, value in return. We see it obviously in 1 Samuel 1. When we, we, we honor Jesus, when we honor him. Remember the story where he says, I can't, I won't do more miracles, or I can't do miracles because there's no honor in his hometown. That story is an amazing one. I invite you to look at Matthew, Matthew 13, and I believe in Mark 6. And then interesting this one says, spouse. And when we honor our spouse, our prayers are unhindered. It's first Peter. Listen, I know I'm going to be speaking just to married couples right now, but as I was putting this together and looking at these things, I, I just kind of felt these these words come into my heart and, and, and maybe I think it's for me and for all of us, but, but can, I, can we just be honest, be real for a second? There may be some things that you and I are praying for and, and we're not seeing those things come the way we want them to or as soon as we want them to. I want to invite you to join me and maybe look at maybe, maybe we're not honoring our spouse the way we should. And because of that, our prayers are being hindered. Scripture tells us clearly that we need to honor our spouse so that our prayers will not be unhindered. So therefore, if maybe they are, we may need to look at that together. I think it's important. So there are these results that are attached to this concept of honor and and just to give you a real simple because you know a lot of times people say well Aaron really do I who do I honor how do I honor how do I handle all these things listen I'm gonna give you First Peter two seventeen here it is ready this is tough honor everyone honor everyone. Value everyone. You mean people that don't believe the same things I do? Absolutely. You mean people that don't vote the same way I do? Yes, absolutely. You mean people that really don't deserve it? Yes, absolutely. You mean people that have hurt me, that have done things, that have destroyed me inside? Yes, everyone. Everyone. And I'll tell you this. One of the reasons it's important that you kind of catch a hold of 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 this idea of of Romans 12, is the idea of the renewing of your mind, the idea of God basically saying, listen, this is your spiritual act of worship when you allow the renewing of your mind, when you allow God to transform your mind in your heart. Listen, to honor everyone, you're going to have to understand that. I don't have time this morning to get into it, but I want to encourage you as you look at Romans 12, look at what God is saying to do the things that follow in verse number 9 and following. You have to first allow God to do in you the things that Paul tells us about in basically 12, 1 through 8. To honor everyone, you're going to need help. You're going to need God. But here's the thing. Whether you understand this or not, the result is also very clear on this. The act of honoring others is God's tool to transform you, not them. You want to become more like Jesus? You want to become more like God, the Father, who reached out and showed you and me value? That we have to do the same. And when we do that... God is transforming you and me. One of the things that's hard to understand when we look at this honor thing is is we go, oh, it's just for the person that's being honored. No, it's not. When we value others, when we live that way, we are allowing God to transform you and me as well. It's so important. If we're going to do one another well, can you hear me here? We're going to have to learn how to value and honor each other better than what we've been doing in the past. And we need God's help to do it. If we're going to allow our one another with God the Father to take place, we're going to have to have him help us to honor and value him more than we have in the past. I'm going to invite John and the team to come on up. We're going to close. Biblical honor kind of is, is, is kind of one of those, those things that as I was trying to put this together and kind of put my mind in and allow God to kind of speak through me, it was kind of one of those things that was kind of hard to grasp a little bit. But I came up with this thought and this kind of this weird story that I hope kind of made sense to me and I hope it kind of makes sense to you. I, I, I've never done this as an adult, but I know my parents have, and I know maybe many of you have. How many of you have ever um, bought carpet? <laughs> You're going, what in the world are you talking about? You buy carpet in your house, maybe you bought a new house and the carpet was kind of, you know, been lived in or maybe, or maybe you, 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 you waited and then you saved up. What, man, I... As a, as a kid, you know, like, I oh, thought carpet was cheap. I was dumb. I mean, carpet's expensive. You know, the stuff that you walk on, you know, the stuff that you'd spill juice on, you know, that is expensive. And, and I remember as a kid, my, my parents, we had our house, and, and, and every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a while, they would buy carpet. You ever been to somebody's house who just put in new carpet? You know what most people are like? Thank you so much for coming. Can you take your shoes off, please? I remember my parents. We had we had stairs in our house, um, and they put those those plastic runners. You know what I mean on the stairs. You know, it's like you can't. You got to walk on the plastic. You know, runners. You know, it's like right after you went into the house. You know, so of course it's where you know your that's where your shoes would be muddy the, the worst. You know, so they put these plastic things down. And and. It was like, it was funny. It was like, it was like holy ground. You know, (laughs) like don't step on the carpet. Are your, are your shoes clean? You know, why, why do we do that? Well, I think I can answer that for a lot of people. That, that carpet cost them something. That carpet was, was valuable to them. And so because of that, they were showing honor to the carpet by saying, don't walk on it with your shoes. Don't you need to act differently i mean think about it before you know it's like oh yeah you can eat down there you know you can juice you know it doesn't matter but man when the new carpet went in everything changed for a time eventually the stair runner went away eventually the shoes were completely fine to wear down on the carpet eventually you want to eat down there fine Mom, Dad, I I spilled grape juice. It's fine because, you know, there's fruit punch right next to it. Isn't that interesting? Listen, the way we look at each other, the way we look at our spouse, the way we look at God, we need to get back to the concept of new carpet. We need to be willing to say, you know what? You val- I value you so much that I'll take my shoes off to be in your presence. I'll be willing to look past your imperfections and look at you and value you because you're God's son or daughter, not because you're always perfect. But for too many of us, can we just be honest with our relationship with God and our relationship with each other? We are living a life of old carpet. We're living a life that says, it doesn't matter if, because I want to eat in front of the TV, so it doesn't matter if I spill on the carpet. It doesn't matter, it's old carpet. It doesn't matter, it's not valuable to me anymore. It's time to allow God to change us again. It's time to allow God to say, you know what, Aaron? Aaron? me you know that person that you're dishonoring you know that person that annoys you You know that person that you don't look at as valuable I gave my son for them it cost me a great deal to win them home and to bring them home and you're dishonoring what I look at as extremely valuable in that moment it's not about that person's imperfection it's about the brokenness in me that God needs to transform If we're going to do one another well we're going to once again need to be people hear me here it's going to sound weird we're going to need to be people of the new carpet where we look at people and say no you're valuable you matter I I put honor on you because my father put honor Listen, you want to change your one another's quicker than anything. I think this may be that key. You got marriages that are falling apart. Maybe it's time to honor again. I've done plenty of weddings. You know what I sometimes say? Not all the time, but you know, sometimes we do newer things, whatever. But to love and to honor. Maybe in our one another's, we need to walk in again and say, you know what? This is holy ground. You know what? I'll take my shoes off. I'll do whatever it takes because you matter. For some of us, we need to get back to a relationship with God like that. God has become ordinary. Our God spoke the world into existence.
1: Powerful,
0: strong. We sung it this morning about honoring Him. Some of us, we've allowed God to just become ordinary and common. If we're going to do our one another's good and right, we first got to do our one another with God good and right. So here's what we're going to do. Let's all just bow our heads. Let's just take a moment. I want to look at two things here. I know that we've been really focusing in on one another as far as our relationships with our Brothers and sisters, and family, and, and wife, and kids, all those sort of things. But listen, we, we've got to first start with our God. And it's going to take some honesty and some, some willingness to maybe pull back the corner of our heart that maybe we've kept hidden for a while. But if you, I just got a question Are you honoring God the way you should? Are you valuing Him? the way you should and yes God has done amazing things for us and I don't discount that but do we honor God just for being him because he is strong and mighty and good because he's our heavenly father some of us were we're poor in our one another's and our honoring and valuing others because we have not honored and valued our heavenly father our Jesus like we should that's the first thing number two and these could do go hand in hand is are we honoring the people in our lives the way we should are we valuing them in a way that says you know what my words value you, my actions value you, it's, it's a demonstration of my love, I'm not going to be about shame, I'm not going to be about guilt, I'm not going to be about focusing in on your, your mistakes I'm going to focus in on you and you're valuable to me because you're valuable to God because you're in His image, you've been created, you're a son or daughter of Him and I will honor you and value you because of that Yeah, I'll celebrate your accomplishments. I'll celebrate the things we do well. We're supposed to give honor to where honor is due. But more than that, I honor you because my Father honors you. When we live like that, folks, that doesn't just get the attention of our Heavenly Father. It gets the attention of this world. And so whatever that might be, wherever you're at, maybe it's both, maybe it's one or the other. Listen, the only way we're going to do this well is when we allow God to transform us, our minds, our hearts, our understanding, and begin to live in it. So the good news is you can't do this on your own. Aaron, why is that good news? Simple, because God can help us to do it when we can't do it in our own strength. So we run to Him and let Him do that. So if that's you, whether you're here or online, we're going to pray, and I just want you to call out to God. Ask Him to transform you into a person that extends honor. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. Father, first and foremost, God, I pray for us that need to extend more honor to you. We need to honor you with our time, with our talents, with our treasure. We need to honor you by saying, you know what? I know it's easier just to sleep in, but I'm going to go to church this morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going to be a part. I, I, I know it may be easier to kind of, I've maybe been saved for a long time, or but I'm going to remember what you've done. I'm going to sing about your blood. And you're sacrificed for me I'm going to remember that while I was a sinner you died for me and rescued me I'm going to honor you because you have honored me first and I'm going to live in a way that values you above everything else and everyone else Father I need your help to accomplish that But Father maybe for others it's, it's, we need to learn again to honor each other We need to honor our spouse or our kids or our employer or our employee or our teachers or our friends or people in this church. Whatever it might be, that Father, that you would transform us into showing honor to everyone. That as we kind of looked at it, that it says in one of the translations that we would try to outdo each other in showing honor. Not because of maybe what we bring to the table, not just because of our accomplishments or our talents, but because we are made in the image of God and they are too. Let us have that type of value and honor ascribed to each other. But Jesus, we need your help to do any of these things. So we look to you and we know that you can help us. You're so good. We love you so much. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. John and the worship team are going to come lead us in a quick closing chorus. And then I'm going to come and we'll close. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: it to everyone to you first and then to everyone else we see in scripture to love you and to love others and if honor and value is a demonstration of that love we need to do the same, so help us. We love you, we thank you. You're so good, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, thanks so much for being here this morning. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Hey listen, for those that are online, can I just talk to you for just a second? I know everybody else is here, but I wanna focus on you for just like 30 seconds, maybe 20, but I want you to understand something. We honor and value you. I know that there are some of you that are watching in Oregon. I know there are some of you watching in, in New Mexico, in Missouri. I know there are some of you watching in Ireland. I know that we had a couple weeks ago, someone was watching in Germany. We value you. We honor you. We miss you. Help us to know what we can do to value you more. Help us to know how we can reach out. Obviously, there are people watching you know, in Colorado. All of you. We love you. We value you. We miss you. And you are a part of our family. So don't hesitate to reach out any way that you can. Because we love you very much. For all of you that are here, ditto, okay? I love you so much. And appreciate you and I value you. Have a great week. Have an awesome time. Remember, in a couple of weeks, we got our business meeting. We'll talk to you soon.